Hello, welcome to episode four of Photography Chat. Uh, we're going to have uh, Julianne S. joining us today. I'm just waiting for her to get up on the chat. I hope everyone is doing great on this um, chilly or Thursday here in Toronto. Um, hopefully it's nice out there wherever you guys are. Uh, we'll just give Julianne a moment here to join us. And then we'll go from there. It's kind of quiet today. Usually there's some people that pop on by now. Hello, what's up, Paul? How's it going? Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining in. It's good to see you guys. Hello, Film Lab. How are you guys doing today? There she is. All right, let's get her in the thing. Hello. Hello. How's it going? pretty good how are you doing not bad I, my head feels a little weird today because I just got new glasses um I was just gonna say I like your new glasses they look really good yeah there's some chunky boys yeah all, like fancy and grown up because I've never had like such fancy frames before um but they're like for this weird I'm, I'm getting this optical therapy for like the um my brain thing that happened um and they sent me to this like fancy optometrist place where their cheapest frames are like how more than what I spent on like all of my like whole last like thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily though, in, like the car insurance paid for all of this stuff. So like, cause like there's oh. no way that I would, you know. but it's weird. Cause like the prescription is, is strange. So it's just like, everything's clear, but it makes my brain feel weird because there's like okay. extra stuff inside them. I don't know. Okay. Science, I guess. Yeah, cool. I get mine on various internet sites that Instagram advertises to me um, okay. for very cheap, very, very, very cheap. These oh. were like probably 20 or $40 probably. Dang. Yeah. But I also have a very like weak prescription so I have that going for me. But I also haven't had my eyes checked in, like, years. <laughs> so, That's yeah, no good. Well, I'm, like, I'm super stoked because um, insurance also approved me to get prescription sunglasses. And it's been, like, 10 years since I've had sunglasses. And Yeah, that's a super exciting thing. I'm so geeked about... Um, I'm so geeked about it. Like, where is it? Let me see if I if it'll work. These are these are the the glasses that I picked out. Yes. Great. I was gonna ask. I was like, what kind of style are you getting? Those are great. Yeah, they're the same. Whatever brand these ones Shape? are. Um, oh, okay. 
so I'm like I'm super stoked on that because like no more like when I'm driving in the winter time like squinting through the the bright ass sun and like you know yeah the visor down but yeah um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> exactly. And then it's just like, but I'm blind as shit. So like, I can't just like wear whatever. I'm like, I'm so jealous of like people that don't need glasses if they can just like wear whatever. Just get like, any pair of $6 cool trendy shades. Like you can have three different pairs. Like, yeah, you, you just do like what my mom does, which is just buy a big pair of sunglasses and just wear them over your regular sunglasses. See, I've tried you can be that though. But, like, I've got such a short snout that, like, I don't have enough nose to, like... <laughs> like, it's not gonna, it just, it's just not gonna... <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. It doesn't really work. So it's, like, goddamn my Filipino genes for, like, blessing me with this, like, <laughs> tiny, wide nose that... <laughs> my mom refers to her nose as a schnoz, so... <laughs> okay, so like that, she can get away She's with She's got it. lots of space <laughs> for lots of glasses. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> Thank you for joining me on Photography Chat. I don't know if you want to take, like, um, like just a, a minute to sort of, like, you know, let everyone know uh, who you are and what you're about. Sure, yes. Um, hi. <laughs> um, I'm Julianne. I use uh, the artist name Foot to Face, which is also my Instagram handle. Um, I'm mainly a collage. Well, I don't know what I mainly am anymore. I'm, I'm a multimedia artist, so I work in a few different mediums. Um, I do collage and collage stop motion animation. I make zines. Um, I do collage poetry. I screen print. Um, and this always happens. I'm always like, am I forgetting something? Beautiful arts. I have like, a bunch of your <laughs> yeah. stuff in the background here. That's like. I appreciate that. It's so nice. Mo most of that is all Julianne stuff. A, um, yeah, I do some painting. Uh, a little bit of writing, and I DJ as well. Um, looking around to see if I miss anything. Yeah, that, that's that's my spiel. That's what I do. Um, yes. But the Thank connection you for having me on here tonight is um, for some of your art, you happen to use a camera, and so that's kind right. Of yes, I feel kind of funny to be here, <laughs> like on the <laughs> photography chat. I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, actually, I was thinking about, um, yeah, so, like, I use a camera, um, one camera uh, for stop-motion animation, um, and um, I was thinking back to this, like, uh, the last, like, stop-motion animation that I did, which was a music video for a local Toronto band, and um, and it incorporated, like, images of the actual band members which is like kind of the it was the first time I was using like photos and like my own photos kind of to in a stop motion or mm -hmm. in any artwork really kind of in this capacity yes um and yeah it was uh challenging um, particularly because I'm like, I'm not a photographer, so I don't really know what I'm doing with the camera. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to think about light. I don't know how to think about, like, the shutter speed. Like, I do, like, every so often I kind of, like, review or someone kind of, like, re-explains to me, like, how it works. And then I just, like, I'm like, okay, hey, I, I can 
do the, and then I just like kind of forget. So my method is to just completely fuck around until something seems to work out. Um, I, I have to admit that's exactly what I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. Like I don't, but yeah, you know, um, so anyway, but I remember like kind of getting the first like band member set up and I was like, okay, I'm going to use this camera. I have my cam, I have my camera here. Um, and I was just like, by the way, like this might not go very well because I don't know what I'm doing. Like it might be really blurry and I don't really know how to fix that. So I'm just, it might feel awkward for you as I'm like taking pictures and being like, this looks terrible. Like the whole time. It's my little, my little camera. And he was just like, yeah, this, this like musician, he was just like, he's, he was just, he was kind of misreading me and was just being like, you are a photographer. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> he's just like, yes, you are, you are. And I was like, well, this is annoying. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was well-meaning, but it was also funny. But um, yeah. So how, anyway. did, how did the project overall turn out in the end? In the end, it turned out great. I ended up not using any of the photos that I used the actual camera for. We just went to phone photos because okay. it was just simple. And um, and also just in terms of coordinating, because there were a lot of members in the band. just And not all of them could make it to that one. It was just like not super organized, but whatever. <laughs> um, so it just made it a bit easier to just use phone photos. And like they were fine. Um, yeah, but it was also, like, a ton of work, because then I had to, so, like, stop motion, depending on how, so you, so everyone kind of knows a little bit about, like, frames per second, and everyone kind of knows that, like, stop motion is super involved, and it's a ton of work, right, but they don't know until you've done <laughs> you don't I know you. You think you, you don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I have no idea how it works, other than like you take photos and then movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, and then movie. I remember um, watching like um, when DVDs came out. Yeah. Watching all like the special features of like behind the scenes for whatever movies for. Um, uh but I was watching for The Nightmare Before Christmas and I just remember like and that movie took apparently three years okay this is a two-hour film it's all plasticine all of the model like everything gets built like by hand basically it's three years and that's a that's a whole crew of people whoa so that's a crew that's like a huge crew huge budget of people so my stop motions are, are like 10 minutes long. <laughs> like, and the other thing too, so with the frames per second thing, is that um, like a standard, like, like cartoon is like, or like what you usually see for stop motion um, animations, I think it's like between 10 and 15 seconds, like is kind of the standard. Okay. Um, and mine are four per second. Right? Yeah, four per second. Um, so it gives it a slightly different pace, kind of, like it's a slightly different style, um, but it also means like a little bit less work for me. Um, but also that happened a bit by accident because I use iMovie to animate. Um, okay. 
which is not an animation program. But we make it work. Um, <laughs> so the way you the animating part works out because you're have you used iMovie before? Very for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a complicated thing. You can make it complicated though, which is my specialty. Um <laughs> <laughs> simple things and making it complicated. Um, so you can either kind of like edit movie files or you can make a slideshow with photos, right? Okay. And have like little like fade transitions or whatever. Like those are your two options. So the way that I figured out how to use it, like, I don't know, seven years ago or something now, is that you you treat it like a slideshow, but you make each frame you you can edit how long each one is. So you edit you make it so that each one is 0.25 seconds long, which works out to four frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> everything. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very involved. So anyway. That sounds really tedious. It's so tedious. So that means that if I want, if I want, like, say I'm animating you, and I want you to um, play your guitar, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're, like, strumming the guitar, it means I need, like, a few photos of you kind of going like this and, like, moving quite subtly because every little, um, at this scale, like every little motion is going to be like noticeable. So if I have two different pictures and like you're looking at the camera and then the next one you're looking to the side, like it will be noticeable, right? Okay. Um, that's going to create a movement. So that can be good, um, you know. Um, so yeah, in order to, to make a movement, I'm going to need like probably at least eight, at least eight pictures to take up two seconds, you know. <laughs> um, to get you to strum a, a guitar, like, a, and then I can repeat that, like, a few times, but, um, but that, so the thing is, too, is that because I'm doing collage, stop-motion animation, I'm going to be cutting out your silhouette, I'm going to be cutting out, like, eight photos, minimum, probably, of you, <laughs> is this making sense? Do you follow? Yeah, no, that's making sense, yeah. Yeah. So it's so like that was the part the photos, that's... but then it's also like you're because you're manipulating. I'm cutting it out. Too. So my fingertip went numb. <laughs> and I was just like, I just want a hand massage. <laughs> um, but it worked out and it was cool. Um, and I was happy with it and whatever. Um, so it's like. You totally do it again, but I would give myself more time and charge more. Do you set <laughs> Oh, so that that was like a paid thing to do the, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So do you set it up on like a coffee stand or, or something, or just like a little tripod to like? I have I have like I have a mama tripod, like <laughs> got an actual tripod. But the thing is, is that I knew this question was going to come up, so I've got my tripod. Um. Damn, that's a that's a nice ass tripod. That's like nicer than yeah. my tripod. I'm very happy with it. <laughs> I got it at Henry's a few years ago. I got a small grant. Okay. Um, and this was like the first thing that I was gonna get. But the thing is that you can't use just any tripod. I guess you can. You find I don't know. I don't know how, but 
um, if you're doing something that's like where you're, um, you know, it has to be lying flat on the surface, like the collage pieces obviously have to be flat if I'm going to move it. Yeah. If, and I have done this before where I'm animating something that's 3D, then I just need to like bring this to desk level and I don't need to, I don't need to be over the desk, right? Okay. So this one has like the option where, um, where it will go horizontal. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh God. Dang. Um, so then I can go like that. Come on. Why is it stuck? There. And then I've got attachment for like a smartphone on here now. But then, you know, you'd attach the camera here and then it faces down. So it'd be like this. Oh, you had this. And then you can't off. move it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it'll mess it all up. Messes everything up. So when but you the thing up, is, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just saying, so like when when you're setting up to do like the stop motion, it's just like you just set up the workspace, and then it's like it's just like that until you're done the project. Or? Basically, so well, I mean, ideally, but that isn't usually what ends up happening. So I come up with little like tricks for myself okay. to so like I don't want to I want to be able to like finish a scene for example um because when I come back the like the lighting's going to be different probably something's going to have moved slightly like for sure um and like I also sometimes have to like oh man it's so frustrating where like the way huh the way um the way that the can the bottom of the camera lines up with like the base of this this thing makes it so that I can't get the battery out unless I take it off of the fucking tripod. So if my battery dies, like I have to detach it. So like the pressure's on. Um, I usually have lots of snacks available to, to myself <laughs> to get me through that. Um, but yeah. So, or if like the can't the, um, like if the memory card fills up or something, then it's like okay, I just gotta like stop. Um, so I usually, yeah, I usually try to like, um, just like try and complete a scene or complete a sequence. And um, and sort of like have little ways to like line it up with an image, like maybe I'll mark it or maybe I'll just have something that's just the right size and I know that I need to like line it up with the top and the side, like that kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing, like, oh man. So I'm an overthinker. <laughs> I have no like, idea what that's like at all. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> like so many people. Um, so when I first started like playing around with stop motion animation like I overthought it so much um and I was watching all kinds of like um like tutorials and things like that and like um and yeah I kept the thing that that kind of like changed it was when I was just like I can just change the scene Whereas it doesn't have to be like completely consistent the entire time, depending on what you're making, right? It's just like making a film. Like 
you're not going to have it from the same angle the whole time unless that's like a specific thing that you want but does not have to be that way okay right like the camera can move actually so that's something that's kind of been like a bit of a loophole does that make sense yeah um yeah so just that it's just like oh but um but that's another way to kind of like get around the like keeping everything so like rigid um and you know just losing your mind over it yeah which i'm sure you've never experienced so far yeah the camera can move (laughs) the camera can (laughs) changes your life but like you just i don't know Sometimes you have a picture of how something works and then you try and do it yourself and then you're like, oh yeah, no, like it's like, yeah, you just, you just got stuck. Um, I wonder if you can get a dummy battery for your camera. Cause like, I know some cameras out there, you can get like a battery that goes in that has like a pigtail on it and you can like plug it into like a power brick and then you like oh. never have to worry about ever. Uh, plugging like changing the battery because it's just like plugged into water that would change my life yeah I <laughs> like the model of your camera and just put dummy battery and uh, yeah that that might be okay. that good might to know for you. good to know so okay I, thank I, you no problem good talk <laughs> there we go okay, well, that's <laughs> thanks for coming <laughs> i've been ranting on facebook for years about like yeah batteries are like the bane of our existence in this new digital like world that we're living in right now yeah so yeah right now (laughs) yeah yeah so how like what what got you into um wanting to like do like stop motion type work and like you know um yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Good question. Uh, I took a workshop a long time ago in Winnipeg. Um, I'm trying to think what I think I was just trying stuff out. I like going to I like try I like going to workshops. Um. Yeah. And at the I time, I was just workshops. Pardon me. I, I miss being able to go to work like real yeah. workshops, like not just on a Zoom. Yeah, they're really valuable. Like they're amazing. Like I didn't go. Like I took like the my art school experience was like a drawing class in university, which was really valuable and great, and gave me a lot of like confidence and, um, you know, new skills and stuff. That was great. Um. But then I, I decided, like, university, I just, I was really unhappy, so I dropped out of university. Um, but, so workshops has been, like, my kind of, like, education um, plan. <laughs> um, but it's amazing what you can learn in, like, a few hours or, you know, or just people you can connect with and meet in, you know, for a three-day thing or whatever. So it's, it's been, that's that's been great. Or sometimes I've gone to workshops where then I, like, it just... I'm kind of like, oh, like this was all, it just confirms that I know what I'm doing basically, or like I ha- all I have to do is do it or just kind of, you know what I mean? You just have to believe in yourself. 
Uh, yeah, but it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, like you got all the information you needed. This is just confirming that like you're on the right track. Just go, go fuck around now. Um, I like you that. Know? Go fuck around. Yeah, go fuck around. <laughs> that was the other thing that just like changed everything where I was just like, I was trying so hard to get this like whatever project out and to like set it up just right and blah, blah, blah. And then it wasn't until I was just like, what if I just fuck around today? Like, what if I just like play? and just see what happens. And I had a great time and it turned out way better than like whatever I was trying to do before. So now anytime I get stuck, I'm just like, that's what I'm here to do. And I just like kind of trick my brain um, and then it's fine. <laughs> um, and well, that's and what I mean, like, yeah. That, that's a great point. Cause I think like just in any sort of like creative practice, like taking it too seriously almost like hinders you. And yeah, you're it, strangling yourself basically. Like, yeah and then you just you start losing the fun and then you're just like whatever i'm just gonna fucking burn this shit to the ground and i don't even want to do it anymore and just so stupid why did i even start doing it and i hate yeah. it yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. you gotta fun um, you gotta play you're right it's true yeah and that's kind of like the whole that's the that's the whole point anyway like yeah um this, you just reminded me of like this time I like to tell this story sometimes because I feel like it illustrates um just like the drama <laughs> where um I think I was about seven okay I think about seven years old six or seven and you do you remember those like spirographs where yeah. you'd like put your put a pen in like one of the like holes of this disc and then you'd like trace trace this thing around like the ridges of this other ring and and it would turn into this like cool like kind of mandala design yeah and use different colors and stuff and so I was trying to use that but some of it was kind of hard you know like especially when you got like the little ones but on the big wheel like it's kind of tricky and um and I wanted them to be so perfect you know just like on the box and like I just kept fucking it up and I got so frustrated I got so sad and I just like lost it um and I was just like bawling in tears and my dad was like what's the matter and he tried to comfort me and I was just like I'll never be like Walt Disney <laughs> like I was just <laughs> I have really high standards really high standards for myself <laughs> and he was just like oh my god because like at the beginning of the Disney movies you know they'd always show like the animators drawing and you know flipping the pages back and forth and all that and like wow they're so good I was fascinated like you know that so before i get yeah. into the question here that's in in the chat um oh. i think uh -huh. that would make a fantastic t-shirt ideas like i'm never gonna be like walt disney <laughs> <laughs> but also, like that's probably a good thing honey like, yeah you know. no it'd be kind of <laughs> yeah. like, funny with like a, like it may be a character of like a, a sobbing baby julian <laughs> 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 and then on the back funny. it's like you know go out and fucking play on like the back of that. Play. Yeah. yeah i could just um, construct a whole workshop around that maybe just like i don't know it, well that would be a great workshop entitled like i'm <laughs> never gonna be like fucking walt disney yeah um, got, or like a unit within a workshop or something exactly um so yeah, johnny definitely. the bandit says hi i'm late but i was wondering what is the story behind the guillotine shirts the inspiration and great i think question. it's great yeah it's a great question Thanks for the question. Um, so, yeah, hmm. the story is I saw like some random post 
about um, these antique guillotine earrings um, from, I can't remember, like, where, like, or what year exactly, but apparently, like, they had, like, it was, like, a guillotine, and they had, like, tiny little heads, like, hanging from them, and I was just, like, these are amazing, and it was, like, um, there was, like, this little article saying that, like, women used to wear these earrings as a sort of sign of, I don't know, like, rebellion or warning or so like some kind of like a statement um and then I was like oh these are great I wish I had these um yeah. and then I was just like oh man should I get like a guillotine tattoo actually like that came into my mind and then I was just like maybe oh man it's a little intense like maybe I'll get like maybe t-shirts I should make t-shirts and then my best friend was with me and she was just like I would want one of those um and I was just like okay cool I'm gonna and then I was just like okay I should like, it was just kind of, like, appeared, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, and um, and I had just taken, like, a screen printing workshop around that, like, probably a few months before. Um, and, uh, and I'd been thinking about doing t-shirts for, like, years and years. I used to do, like, hand-painted designs, which I don't recommend. I mean, it can be your own thing, but, like, if you want to do that, like, often and not charge people, like, hundreds of dollars for your time, like... Yeah, anyway, um, screen printing. But uh, yes, that's basically the story. So then a few months later, actually, I was, so I was printing them and I wanted to have them available in time for, um, for, let's say, say you voted me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to make you feel paranoid. Like, you know, the DS Manning comments, I always feel like Merlin's taking a photo of me when I see him snap a photo of the screen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It, it is kind um, of funny though, like seeing how people clam up whenever they see the camera, even the, though it's on like a computer it. screen. Like it's it's kind of yeah, weird. yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I wanted them to be ready. I wanted to have some T-shirts ready to sell at um TCAF that year, which was I think in twenty nine. Shit, is that twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? Twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, because 2018 yeah. was, um, yeah, I think it's it was. Yeah, I think so. 20, anyway, so it was 2019. Like, what, six years ago now at this point? Yeah, exactly. And I keep mixing up, like, yeah. Anyway, so it was 2019. And that was also, like, I was kind of putting up, like, just little sneak peeks of, like, the making of the screen and stuff on, like, my Instagram stories. And so people, you know, people were kind of being aware of like, oh, there's like, it's like guillotine design. And then, oh, she's making t-shirts, whatever. Oh, they're going to be available to TCAF. Um, and uh, for anyone who's not aware, TCAF stands for Toronto Comic Arts Festival. And they had like a, um, a section for zine makers and um, you can sell like, you know, other things along with your zines. So that was my plan. That was the one that was anyway. in a weird mall right just off of yeah the like across from the reference library yeah 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 um and it was incredible timing turned out because around the same time there was like a protest uh on may day at queen's park which is like the provincial parliament um and uh i can't remember exactly what they were pro they were protesting kind of like all of the cuts that doug ford and um, the Conservative Party was, like, making to, like, education and healthcare, um, and, uh, everything, 
everything good. Um, when when and, she said uh, everything good, nothing's good about Doug Ford's government, just to, you know, throw that. Yeah, no, but they're cutting everything good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. And then apparently someone had built, like, a, you know, crafty guillotine with an effigy of Doug Ford. And <laughs> did you not know this? No, I didn't know about that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they did that, and then that was on the front page of The Sun, like, that weekend, and I was kind of like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> people are like, are you going to put your logo on the back? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, but I also thought it was great, but people started sending me these links and be like, hey, did you see this? Hey, this made me think of you, and I was like, okay, I mean, good timing, I guess, so then when, um, you know, I had like these, I've got, this is a sweatshirt. I've got sweatshirts now. Um, when got, I had these t-shirts. I've got, oh yeah, it's right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I've got, when I had the t-shirts at TCAP, yeah, you got a red one. Nice. Yeah, nice. I love this one. And it's, it's weird right. pretty well. I'm going to completely be honest. and I didn't follow your care instructions. That's okay. That's the recommendation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm lazy. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't instruction to just hang to dry, but <laughs> okay. But it's just, they were so beautifully done and like, you know, and just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little tiny bit guilty every time I like just throw it in the dryer and I'm like, Jillian's going to judge me if she knew. <laughs> it's okay. If it wears out, you just have to buy another one. That's exactly, <laughs> I guess that's a good segue into you should check out foottoface.com <laughs> if you would like hey. to purchase your own guillotine wear. Yeah, I've got hot pink ones right now. They're neon pink. These are ones in progress. They don't have... Oh, this one's done. Boom. Nice. Um, um, it's very bright. Uh, it doesn't quite look bright because of the lighting and the nature of photographing fluorescent colors, I guess. Man. Um, the yeah. that you did of, of you sporting yours and it, it's very yeah bright. outside it's good yeah, yeah yeah um anyway yeah so then at tcaf people were like fucking ready for the guillotines so that was nice um yeah it was very people were actually so fucking sweet like there's so many cute people buying guillotine t-shirts and just being like buying them for their friends and like oh man they were so adorable they were so nice I miss like the zine fairs and all that stuff like it was yeah. like, sad to not have that last year yeah we had like there's the canzine what did like an online thing which was which was good it was it was but it is different yeah 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 because like that's definitely I, I was before the world ended last year it was something that I had in mind to like maybe put together like a photo zine to like um go to like one of the fairs and like set up a table and try and pimp my yeah. but then yeah. COVID and the car accident happened and I just didn't end up doing anything last year really yeah yeah I didn't really end up doing much either except for I guess like the t-shirts and stuff but that was also kind of just like just it was already kind of done. Like it's, it felt more like making rather than like 
creating something new. It's just kind of like, okay, like there's a step-by-step process. I just need to follow the step-by-step process. But otherwise, like I found last year, like making new work kind of like, I don't know, really difficult. Um, I still find it kind of hard, but yeah. The screen printing thing, it like uses like a, a photosensitive emulsion too, right? So. Huh? <laughs> so there's two methods. Okay, okay. hang on. Got. Or sorry, light yeah. sensitive emulsion, not photosensitive emulsion. So I have two screens here. Okay. One of them I made with the method you're talking about. This is one that I made in a, in a workshop. Okay. And then I don't know if you can see like the design on it. Yeah, it looks like one it's of like the a drawing. Paintings. Oh yeah, you can see. Kind of, yeah. yeah. One of those. Yeah, it's like a freehand drawing. And then this one is the the guillotine one. Okay. So. So making a screen is super tedious. Doing the screen, doing the printing is like pretty straightforward. But when you make the screen um, with this method, let me see if I can remember because I did it. Yeah. And I did it with the guidance of like a workshop facilitator, which was very good. And it was also like a very like DIY kind of like approach. And so, um, what do you do? So you cover it with the photo emulsion. And then I can't remember if you need to like wait for it to dry or not. I can't remember. And then you take like, let me see if I have like some kind of image, whatever. You take your image. Let's say this is your image. This is a zine. You take your image and then you have to like kind of put it on top of that um, or underneath it or something. I don't know. And then all of the like opaque design, like any opaque parts. So like this was just like just a white piece of paper with the drawing on it in Sharpie. Yeah. And then you expose it to light. So you have to have like, like professional places will have sort of like a box or you can build your own light box um, so that it's in a completely dark place. And then you like have your light and you, you time it. And in this, in the workshop, we just like turn the lights off and had like a hanging like floodlight and the, the person who's like facilitating it kind of knew how far away it had to be from the screen and for how long. So I think it was like four minutes or seven minutes or something. Um, and then you like turn the lights back on and then you'll have like, there's just this image that appears. It's like magic, it's crazy. Um, and then I think you rinse it off or something. That sounds like developing um, a photo. That's kind of trippy. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then it's like, and then the stencil is there. So there's no, like, I don't know. It took me a long time to like wrap my mind around like, how does it become a stencil though? There's no cutting or anything involved because you still need like the screen. Anyway. So yeah. Science, light, and chemistry. So there's that. That sounds like a very similar process to like doing printing where it's like, yeah, you take, um, a piece of photosensitive paper and then you expose a negative onto it and then you like run a developer through it and then like magically a photo arises. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the other way to the other way to do it, which is the way I've chosen to do it because I just don't I don't know, I'm just too nervous about like experimenting with like like what if it doesn't turn out? Um and then you have to kind of like start over again. 
-hmm. with like light like if if it you know some parts come out sharp and other parts come out blurry then it really changes the way that your screen is and if like if it was like if I were doing ones where they were a bit more like that style where it's just kind of like uh, a sort of free freer painterly kind of drawing like I feel like that those kinds of like flaws could lend could be like kind of a nice feature okay. um but when I have something like this like I know I want it to be sharp and I want it to be clear you know um or if I'm doing like text which is like another design I've done like I want the text to come out really sharp and clear I still need to buy one of those off of you too let me know yeah. um <laughs> um so with this one this is also super tedious but maybe even it's got more drying time drying time in between so with this one but it's still not very expensive like getting set up for screen printing isn't isn't that expensive really um like you could probably do it for like a hundred bucks or so huh. something like that for all your supplies to get started <clears throat> um anyway so first you'll use drawing fluid your wait First, you'll trace your design onto the screen, um, just like with pencil, and then you'll fill that in with drawing fluid, which comes in, which which uh, is this blue, just like goo. So, yeah, you dry your design, you let it dry for like eight hours or whatever, and then after that, you take this red stuff, which is screen filler, and then you use your squeegee, and you like fill the whole screen. Um, I usually use a paintbrush to like make sure I get the edges and you gotta wait for that to dry. And then you go and rinse it out um, and you just use like your bathtub um, and uh, and you rinse out all the blue stuff and then you get your, then, then you get your, your stencil design. So in that case, you don't need any light. You just need, you just need the two like jars of stuff. Which are both like I think like eleven dollars mm -hmm. each at Gortzman's, which is the best art supply store in Toronto, and everyone should go there and go from them. Is this off of like Spadina and um, College? College, yeah. Yeah, on the west side, of Spadina. Yeah, they're the cheapest and they have the best staff, for sure. I've gone in there being like, just like just I don't know what the thing is called, and I'm like I just want the collages to stick to the board what should I use? <laughs> like, what kind of adhesive? And then they give me some options and they would like, you know, talk it out and read my mind and then that's it. You know, it's great. It's really nice. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, anyway, I always recommend them. They're great. Yeah, I liked... There was, they did a zine thing in like 2018. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sports yeah. zine. Yeah. That was... That's... That was... That was like 2016, I think. Was it 2016? 16 or 17? Maybe 27, because I remember I took a Polaroid of you, and it was like the it was the funny duochrome stuff, I think. Right. I'm trying to remember, because my hair was quite a bit shorter. <laughs> it might have been like late 2017 because I was working on the the book, and I was showing you some photos, and I took a picture of you. You were like looking through my phone at pictures. Yeah. On it. Yeah. I remember I remember looking at the pictures yeah I remember you also told me this ridiculous story can I can I get you <laughs> which, to tell it which do you story, remember what story, story it was it was a story where you were like buying a camera from someone that you found like on Kijiji or something 
Oh my god. Okay, let me get the that. That was amazing. I remember just being like, like sitting at my table and just being like, "Oh my god!" Like the whole time. It's a hell of a story. So, it's a funny story because like the the dude is like, I consider him a mentor now, but at oh, the you moment, know him now. Yeah, yeah, we're like. We're I didn't super, know that. <laughs> we're, we're like super. <laughs> okay, I so I I will not give any names in the story. Um, but you know, some people may recognize who he is by the story because like I've told stories of the weirdness and they're like, Oh, it's that guy. And I'm like, You know him too? And they're like, Yeah, I know him. Um, okay. so okay. yeah. I I met you at a time when I was like just getting into wanting uh or i was just starting to get more into film photography and stuff and um one of the things that had become like a massive object of desire for me was the the polaroid slr 680 sx70 cameras like that because they're just like you know such a beautiful amazing camera and um oh shit there's still film in this one i didn't even know that anyways um i wanted one really badly as soon as I saw one on the internet, I was like, oh my God, I need to have one. And they were so expensive. But then I see this post on Kijiji, uh, which, you know, for any American people watching is like our equivalent of Craigslist up here. And um, it was a very reasonable price. And so I messaged the gentleman to go meet up with him. And like, I'm also fairly new to Toronto when, when this happened. Um, so I don't really know anybody in Toronto yet. Um, I still have like all my friends out West that I talk to regularly and I go to this address, which is in a really weird place that I'd never been to before. Um, anyone that's like familiar with Toronto may have heard of like Rebel Nightclub, which is down on like Polson Pier, which is like in this sort of industrial port area of Toronto that I'd never been to yet, you know, being new to Toronto. And so I'm driving into this area and I'm like, this, this looks sketchy as fuck. And it's like Saturday morning. I did not tell anybody where I was going that morning. No one knew I was there. <laughs> I'm like, this seems really weird. And I get to the address, the, the place there. And um, I get out of the car and this like, built gentleman with a bit of a limp sort he kind of like walks up to me and he looks kind of menacing a little bit and I can see he has a very large knife in his pocket and it's like a big hunting knife and it was in a holster like so I could see the holster was like on his belt like it was on his belt like right right on there but like the holster part like went into his pocket so I couldn't see how long the actual knife was but the handle, I could see the handle, and the handle was like that. And so I was like, this looks like a huge knife. I and definitely like, forgot about that detail. <laughs> yeah. Well, th this is like, this adds to like, why this was all such a terrifying thing. Um, and, you know, he's just like, I see the knife, and he looks kind of menacing, and he's sort of like limping towards me, and he's like, yo, you Merlin? And I was like, uh-huh. He's like, you want the camera? And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, all right, <laughs> this way. And I was just like, but no, the address on the ad is this building here. He's like, 
it's not in that building it's back here and I was like okay and so I just follow this man to like a different building on this complex and we go like up these stairs and into I did not have a gun I do not own any gun <laughs> I'm from Canada no guns here I do have like now I, I carry this like little I, I carry this little tiny pocket knife which for legal reasons is uh for opening amazon packages um not oh, can i just inter can i interject this is yeah. the comment in here defiant scribblers my friend heather and sh and uh i know we're from winnipeg okay i did not have a gun but um i'm walking with this like you know strange man um <laughs> toward this building and we go up like a set of stairs and there's this like door with like um a keypad thing and so we go in and like we're walking down this really long corridor and like as we're walking down the corridor I'm just I'm, I'm kind of like looking behind me being like man the, the fucking exit is getting like further and further away from us and I'm like how bad do I want this camera bad enough I keep following this like strange man deeper into this building and then we go like we get to the back of the building we go up this set of stairs and I'm just like Jesus Christ like we're getting really far away from the exit and I'm just like fuck then we finally get up to his studio and he closes the door which I was just like Jesus Christ like <laughs> just, I'm feeling I'm just like this is not what I had in mind to do like an internet purchase of a fucking camera on a Saturday morning and he's like hey man you want like you want a beer you want some wine you want a coffee and I'm like what the fuck is going on right now like I just want to buy a camera I want to give you money and I want to get the fuck out of here because I'm like super <laughs> out right now <clears throat> and I was like no I'm good he's like well are you sure you want some like you want some tea you want some water you want some juice and I'm like nah nah I'm good man he's like all right well you know just make yourself comfortable. And he says, make yourself comfortable. And he's wearing this like sweatshirt and he goes to take the sweatshirt off, but then it like catches his t-shirt. And so he, th this man's like kind of disrobing in front of me. And I have this moment where I'm like, am I going to have to suck a dick for this camera? <laughs> and then I was like, would I suck a dick for this camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, this is a lot of money that I'm about to spend on this camera. And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of money. So I just like, <laughs> like, how bad could sucking a dick be? <laughs> like, more film for camera. You get like a prize. And I was just kind of like, Oh man, this is really not what I pictured when I woke up this morning to go buy a camera that I'd be standing in this strange man's studio contemplating filleting him for a camera. <laughs> um, and then he like, you know, puts a t-shirt back on and he's like, so you like Polaroids? And I was just like, what the fuck is this morning? All of like, this is such a weird morning. And... Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course I like Polaroids. Like, that's why I'm here to buy a Polaroid camera. <laughs> it turns out, like, he was an impossible pioneer, and he'd, like, tested out all of their, like, films along the way. And, um, yeah, he had some beautiful photos. And so it was just, like, 
almost 45 minutes of being in his studio and he's like so you want to see the camera i'm like yes that's the whole fucking reason i'm here like i hadn't even seen the camera yet um it's amazing yeah. you stayed that long and weren't just like excuse me i have somewhere to be or like something you know you're just like okay. well so like i i have like a propensity or propensity i don't know whatever however you say that word but um, I seem to get myself into these life situations where later on I was just like, it makes me think about the life choices I made to be in, in that moment. And it's just kind of like, huh. All right. I guess we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was one of those moments. And then I bought the camera. And he assured me that it would be, like, a fantastic camera. Um, and it was for, like, a month. And then it broke. Because so anyone that owns or is thinking about purchasing an SLR 680 or an SX70, one of the most common things to go wrong with them is this little guy here. There's there's a little um, light sensor inside of here. It's like a light sensing diode or something. I'm not sure. But after time, because these cameras are old as fuck like they're from like the 70s 80s and 90s this little guy corro uh, corrodes after a while and this little guy is responsible for a lot so it's what tells the camera how to do the exposure and so when this corrodes over um it starts overexposing or underexposing and so like for me it was overexposing and blowing out every frame and i had to send it to uh, a place in new york which i'll never give them money ever again um but they did an okay job refinishing it and they put this like nice red leather on it. Um, Cause originally these are all black, um, but they tuned it up for me. But I was talking to him, I was like, dude, I gave you a lot of money for this camera. You told me it's perfect. And after a month it died. And like, that's kind mm -hmm. of bullshit. And he told me to come back to the studio that he'd make it right. And I was just kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was a lot of money. Like, I'm kind of curious, like, how, how he's going to make it right. And he <laughs> really did Please make give it. details, yeah. He really did make it right. Like, so he ended up giving me um, my Bronica. Um, what happened? Uh, I won't, I won't confirm or deny your statement to... Um, that Jason but I will say if you have an SX70 or an SLR680 and you need service uh, I would highly recommend contacting a gentleman on Instagram named Zane Pollard uh, Z-A-N-E-P-O-L-L-A-R-D or for my American friends Z-E what? Z no Z? yeah you said Z the first time and I was like Zed is the Canadian one. I did it American first. Oh, Jesus. Are you okay? They've like infected my brain. <laughs> Anyways, Zane Pollard. I definitely noticed that. I was just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, hit up Zane Pollard if you ever need help with, with the SX70s or SLR680s. He's fantastic. Um, but yeah, the dude made it right. He, uh, he, he knew that I was uh, wanting to try a medium format, which is what I shot my book in. And I shot it with a camera that he actually gave me because he was like, I feel bad about that camera breaking. I thought it was all good. You mentioned you wanted to get into medium format. He's like, 
I'm so sorry, take this camera. And he gave me this Bronica, which is just like an absolutely beautiful, wow. beautiful medium format camera. Um, very, well, it, w it was very underrated until a bunch of fucking YouTubers started blowing it up recently. And now it's just like insanely priced because the fucking internet. But um, yeah, it's a great camera, Japanese uh, medium format camera. Um, you know, it's quality comparable to like a Hasselblad, which is like the fancy Swedish medium format camera that everyone that's like, you know, you're not a pro unless you have a Hassie. And it's like, no, nah, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, he gave me that. And then um, I would always get these like weird cryptic calls or texts from him every once in a while. And he'd like, you know, give me film and things like that. And um, most recently he hooked me up with a, um, he hooked me up with a large format camera, which is like the next step of something that I wanted to get into. Um, so it's like 35 millimeters, like, you know, basically small format, like small guy, like the little, uh, negatives and medium format is like a much bigger negative, like, you know, 35 millimeters like that medium format is like that. And then large format is just like four, I think it's like four by five sheets and then up from there. Um, and I wanted to like get into medium format and this dude, he calls me up one day and he's like, yo, meet me at this Starbucks. And, um, so I go to meet him there and like, we're talking and he's like, he just plunks this huge low pro bag on the uh, table. And he's like, I think you're ready for this now. And I'm like, okay. And I open it up and it's this beautiful, uh, Wista four by five, uh, field camera, which when you're getting into like the large format cameras, there's like two ways you can go with it. There's the field cameras, which are like hand holdable and like fairly portable and like easy to truck around. And then there's technical cameras, which like are huge beastly things that like run on a rail and they're more for like studios and stuff like that. And, but mm -hmm. they're kind of cool. Like what you could do with, with large format, cause they have like tilt shift capability on them. So you can, um, like if, if you want to do like product photography, they're great for that because you could do like a head on shot of something, but not have the camera in scene because you can like adjust and tilt it in a way where like you can be head on with what you're shooting, but not get the reflection of the camera in it. Um, and he was just like, when he's talking to me about it, he's like, you don't take photos with large format. He's like, you make photos with them. He's like, it's kind of like somewhere in between like meditating and wanting to kill yourself because you could spend like, you know, 45 minutes, like, you know, trying to put together uh, a shot to like get it the way that you want it. And then you take that frame and then maybe you fuck something up loading the film or something. And like, you don't get the shot after you spent all of that time. And it's like, you know, because it's, it's one or two shots at a time in the film holders. So it's like, you take this shot and you don't even know if you have it yet. Cause you have to like go back to your like dark room and like develop this shit. Right. So it could be like hours or days later. And then you realize that all that time you spent was like worthless because you fucking loaded the film backwards or something or like just something. Wow. Um, so he plunks down this thing. He's like, I think you're ready for this. Some guy is supposed to like buy this off me, but he's been like dogging me for months. And uh, he's like, I want you to take it and I want you to shoot. Just go out, shoot, shoot, shoot. But he's like, one day I'm going to call you. I'll be like, yo, bring my camera back. 
when I call you and I say, bring my cam, you bring that fucking camera back. You fucking bring that camera. I call it. I bring the camera back. You fucking bring the camera back. And I'm like, I get it. I get, holy shit, man. I get it. Like, um, bring the camera back. And it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I'm like, it's a very expensive camera. Um, and he's kind of still, I'm intimidated by this man, even though we're friends now. He sounds terrifying, <laughs> but also so deep at the same time. I'm just like, wow, holy shit! This... It's, it's kind of a weird thing because he's like, if Mr. Miyagi and the Hulk had a baby, it would be like this, <laughs> <laughs> but not green. Like you know, um, yeah, it was weird. Like so, I have this like fancy camera, but at that time the world hadn't ended, so like I was still traveling a lot. Um, so I was like. I had this trip where I was going to be going away for a week and I called him up and I was like, yo, I'm like leaving for, I think it was Boston or something. And I'm like, do you want me to drop this camera off just in case the guy is like comes to buy it? And he's like, no, take it with you. Shoot, shoot, shoot. And I went on all these trips and every time I'd call him up and be like, Hey, like, do you want me to drop it off? He's like, no, take it with you. So like, I literally brought this camera, which was not mine all over North America for months like I had it for like almost a year and I was like dude let's just like work out a deal because like I don't want to give this camera back now like me and this yeah. camera bonded we're like homies now <laughs> and so like we had a, a hard time we worked something out on it and like it's it's my camera now but um yeah that's how thinking I was gonna suck a dick for this camera. <laughs> Let in. Let in so much more. Long-term um, commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I've I've met so many people now that um, have like had similar interactions with him, and they're like, "Yeah, like strange dude, but like heart of gold and just like legend, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's kind of legendary and I guess like at one point like he he was he wasn't as generous as he is now like he was a bit more cutthroat like way back in the day and then something shifted and he just started like giving more to people and hmm. like hearing that has been like an interesting thing too because like I think it's important to to give to share and mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things like you know through experience with him but also through experiences with like several other mentors and stuff like that like it's it doesn't serve you or anyone well if you just hoard what you've learned or like hoard like you know the things that you have and like if you share that freely or like you share resources that you have with other people so that they could create things um you kind of get it back in some way and a thousand percent yeah yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so, like, just something I've always had in, in mind, not just with like the photography stuff, but like anything I do, like, you know, um, I've always found like it's better to just share as freely as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes, like, I, sometimes I just like look around my studio and think of just like, where did all of this stuff come from? And so much of it is like, like, um, or even just ref- like so much of it has been either like gifted to me or like it's been someone doing like a big studio clear out or um, or like a lot of people just offer me like magazines, um, which is great. Like 
usually they're just getting rid of their garbage, but you know, it's still very meaningful to me. Um, and also just like, just thinking about just the different ways people have made me feel supported. Um, like it's like, um, just been so influential and has enabled me to like do whatever or to feel free freer or just to feel like um feel like what I'm doing is worth trying or or whatever you know um so and then I find like when I don't know it it happens really automatically and then I think about it later you know and then think like oh, I guess I've passed that on. Like, I don't usually think about it too much. It just seems like this automatic, like, I just, it's just like this impulse to be like, I don't know, give somebody a shortcut <laughs> to something or be like, oh, you yeah. can just do that. Like, hey, you should just fuck around. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> like, you know, or like, oh, this is going to change your life. Or like, it doesn't matter. The lighting doesn't have to be perfect. It turns out like, here's a bunch of examples of like what you can do or what, you know, like here's a bunch of tips, you know, they could be tangible kind of like things or it could be like um just validating somebody's like frustrations or talking about artistic process or or like whatever it is but like um or um yeah I don't I don't know anyway um well and Stephanie has a good point here she says dude I had this whole thing on Twitter this week trying to explain that sharing and making photography accessible to people is important for diversity in film photography. And I completely right. agree. Like, I think not only in yeah. film photography, but like any creative endeavors, like I think there should be yeah. more, more access to let anyone get involved in there. And like, um, it's one of the reasons I really like zines, like when I like yeah. gush about zines, like that's the thing that I really love about it. Um, I've done a couple like little workshops about zines too. And that's kind of like the, or like when people ask like what is a zine hey you guys want to hear what a zine is I bet there's people here who don't know what a zine is um <laughs> um a zine is basically like any um any like self-published like book and it's usually not made for profit and it doesn't include any advertisements um and it's usually you, you can make it for as cheap as you want basically and it's usually small distribution and all that. But it's basically like, here's a zine. It's just like, some people call them pamphlets also, depending on where you are. But it's, this is just like a few pieces of paper, like kind of stapled together. And I photocopy, like use the color photocopier at Staples. Um, but when I like first learned about zines, it was just this like light bulb moment of just like, I can write whatever I want. And... Mm -hmm. Like I can, and it can be anything. It can be about anything at all. You can make like recipe books. You can make like, I do collage poetry. I've done like um, stories about like um, my experiences with like sexual harassment. Um, and like people do, people do like step-by-step -step how to make bread. People do, here's what to do if you're ever approached by the cops, like all, like so like you can do anything and the thing is too that's magical is that you can also trade zines um this has become less and less common i think from what i can see but it's still there i feel like it's still really important to like to do um or to like kind of keep alive um even though zines are super cheap usually um 
and um <laughs> I'm too excited. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's like, but it comes back to this like accessibility of being able to like do something without there being too much of a right way to do it, or having to somehow like have a degree to do something, or to have permission. Like I feel like that's what it kind of comes down to is just have permission, just like be able to participate, and be able to like express yourself, and be able to experiment, um, and. Yeah, and there's so many ways to do pretty much anything. Like, like even with, like, when I'm doing stop motion, it's like, I could do this in a way that's, like, you know, a lot more expensive. But if I'm working with what I have, then I have to, like, I'm kind of forced to be creative in a different way or, like, forced to, like, understand the medium in a different way or whatever. Um, but that's also what makes it kind of, like, more, like, I don't know, unique in some ways is those kind of, like, limitations um, but also you just have to like, you have to start somewhere. Um, one thing that I find kind of like that makes me personally like frustrated is when people, when I'm like, so I see somebody with like a lot of talent and amazing ideas and like, um, like, you know, a story that I feel that I, I'm like that, that could really, I don't know, just light people up in in different way, you know, or like, or I could see like, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about though, yeah. you know? Um, and they have all of these, you know, excuses or all of these like sometimes valid reasons, but um, to like not, or to be like, oh, but I'm not ready to do this thing yet. Or, oh, I'm not like, oh, but it's all this, like <laughs> all of this stuff holding them back. It's like, I'm not ready. Or like, I need to, um, yeah, I don't know, they have all these rules that they think they need to kind of, like, follow or things they need to accomplish first before they are somehow, like, able to or allowed to or when something will be, like, ready in this, like, specific way. And I'm just like, it doesn't work that way! You just have to, like, you just... I think it goes back to your point of permission. Like, I think a lot of people yeah. feel they need, like, permission or, like, to level yeah. up. Yeah, and I've been there. Yeah. 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 Blizzard says pushing through the fear and just doing it. Yeah. Which I know is hard. I know it's hard. Um, you know, and everyone's on their own, their own <laughs> doing their own thing. And it's not like I don't get stuck in that sometimes too, but it's just like, oh, it's, yeah, exactly. You're never ready. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're always waiting for, to be, to be ready. I feel like there's also this like kind of, um, I don't know, this kind of myth around, like, artists sometimes that I feel like clouds kind of the whole, like, or makes this whole illusion of what it means to be, like, ready to become an artist or something like that. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, that's cool. DS uh, Manning says one of his favorite zines he's made was at work with a receipt printer. Oh! That would be, like, wicked cool. Yeah! There's something temporary about that, too, because receipts fade, and, like, that's that, right. Like, oh. That's interesting. We're both like, hmm. Yeah, that could be. That'd be That's kind of... cool. I, I, I like your comment. Like, yeah. so what, what Rosie was saying about, like, having more inclusivity, like, I think not just in film yeah. photography, but I think in art in general is, like, an important thing. But then also, like, your comment on permission. Like, um, when I first started doing photography stuff here, um. I got like super jazz and I got invited to like 
put my shit in like this gallery thing that I had to pay for, which I will never Welcome to Toronto. Yeah. But <laughs> it was just like, like, oh my God, they want to see my stuff. And they're like, I'm, it's got, I made it. And this is so That's, cool. Yeah. And I did it three times. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, wow, is that all there is? Or like, wow, this is the thing. Or yeah. people also have kind of funny ideas of what it means to like, put your stuff in a gallery. I'm like, that is so much fucking work with very little payoff, unless you personally are definitely going to buy some of my stuff so I can maybe break even. Right. You know, thanks for encouraging me, but you don't know what you're talking about. And then the artsy questions yeah. of things, like, I was just like, I'm, I can't do yeah. this. Is not, this is not for me. Like, yeah. like your comment of your, like, ask your prof health professional if this is for you. It was just like, you know, doing oh, yeah. more seriously is not for me. Um, right. And then I got involved with, like, you know, some other stuff um, that was, like, a little bit more formalized and realized I don't really like art administration very much. I find it kind of, like, stifling and aggravating. Mm. And, like, you know, it's like, I don't need your permission to make shit, but like you're affecting my ability to like use these facilities to do cool shit because like it doesn't fit inside of the box you want me to yeah. fit in. Like, yeah. I don't yeah, know if totally. you've ever come across that with, with your stuff, but I just wish there'd be more inclusivity. Like just let people fucking get in and make stuff. Yeah, it really, uh, I feel like my experience has been kind of like all over the place or like, I don't know, I've had, I've had extremely positive experiences and then like somewhere it's just like, wow, this is fucking bullshit. Um, and so I, a lot of times I really question like how much of it is like me not willing or somehow stopping myself from like sitting down and writing the grant proposal like properly and like doing the drafts and getting feedback and like do putting in all of that labor when I'm yeah. just like, but I just want to, I just want to write the poetry, you know, like, kind of thing. But that's like a whole nother, like, is that kind of what you're, that's kind of what you were talking about with like arts well, administrations, right? Or like. So that, but just like that kind of stuff is, is a little crazy. Thank you for joining Stephanie. Um, Stephanie is going to be on soon. So we're going to have a really good chat Great. with her in a couple okay, of weeks. Great. Um, that, but just also like, um, a, like a, a collective thing that I'm part of where it's just like you know it's run by an administration and um it's just really yeah. weird there's there's all there's like a difference between like what some of the members want to do versus like what the business side of it does and it's just like well yeah. shouldn't this be more for the members instead of yeah. like all of this money and promoting other people so it looks good for your cv but it doesn't really do anything for the membership here other than help you elevate yourself for when you go off somewhere else. Yeah, a lot of it is kind of, there's a lot of like, I don't know, kind of like virtue signaling, stuff no. like that kind of, yeah, what? kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> or just like what's going to be Instagrammable. Um, that's an, so that's an interesting thing too, because I think that's a huge problem that plagues photography yeah. on, on Instagram and like art yeah. in general, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. what you want to create inside of you versus like what it will be like Instagram marketable because I think that's like the new like commercially marketable because like you know 
what gets commercially marketed now like everything's like on instagram and then if it blows up you can get picked up and monetize it or like whatever i don't know how that stuff works i'm not that popular <laughs> yeah neither neither am i, <laughs> I um yeah um yeah i don't know at the same time there are you know people who feel similarly and really want um wow i almost said they really want to give artists exposure (laughs) 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 i didn't mean to honk Um, on that one though because like i just yeah i used to play in bands and i just remember that being like a thing where it's just like no like you'll get exposure and it's like cool well exposure is not going to pay for beer and gas to get here asshole. yeah i feel like people like the exposure joke has been has kind of made the rounds and now people are kind of finding other ways to say exposure but like kind of mean other things because usually you know now if you skim a thing and it says exposure like people will flip out you know um and now i feel like it's like they use like opportunity or like um like networking opportunities or like collaboration that's another thing when people are like we should collab like sometimes i'm kind of like what do you mean um like a cut you know like i feel like that can be kind of like a kind of um you mean you give me your idea for free and then i make money from it maybe yeah yeah um so um yeah, so is it, oh my god, Instagram marketing, ever find a good collaboration there? I haven't. Do you mean, like, on Instagram in general, or do you mean, like, random people who are like, hey, do you want to partner with my product or whatever? So that's an interesting point, because, like, yes, I have had some, like, great collaborations with, like, other creators where, like, because uh, I don't, like just taking photos of people and like I've always been a little like leery and cautious of like photographing people just like for personal reasons and feelings and stuff like that um so like I've just never really gotten to that but I've like partnered with some like really amazing talented creatives that have these like you know brilliant ideas of these like visual things that they want to create um but they just need someone to push a button basically. And so like, we've made some really cool stuff where it's just like, you know, they have this like great creative and then they're just allowing me to be part of that experience to capture it for them. Um, So from that sense, yeah, totally. But then on like the Instagram marketing side of things, my like general messages, I don't know if you get this, but like I get all of these things every once in a while where it's like, oh my God, we love your stuff. Let's partner. And it's like a bracelet thing, or it's like a mm-hmm. detox, like tea. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, do you even? Yeah, I'll get. That? It's usually yeah, it's some really random shit. Like, I don't. I mean, like, so no. <laughs> I'm not good kind of like brand. Like, yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, think so... any of them are like. They're all very spammy, so I don't think any of them are like real offers. So I don't know. It's super spammy. Like it's yeah, and really... I can't think of any brands where I'd be like, oh, I'd totally partner with them. Like, I'm making guillotine t-shirts. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you wouldn't want to partner with, like, Amazon or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, lol, lol, lol. <laughs> no. No, I don't think they'd like all my, like, very pro-union 
uh, subtext. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That um, the Tower of London. Huh? I'm, I'm More sure. context, please. Yeah. What? What? What do you mean by Tower of London? <laughs> it's so cryptic. It is very cryptic. Yeah. Is this where we get murdered mm -hmm. on live now? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, so dark, Merlin. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been a accused of that big smiles here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great. Good. I, I, I feel like we went on a bit of a tangent. I'm not sure where we went back. Oh, uh, I know exposure. Oh, yeah. There are there are definitely people and like organizations out there and people running those organizations i think who want to oh, make things easier and more accessible so, and all um liz was saying tower of london <laughs> for the partnership and the t-shirts <laughs> of course dream collab really reach out, <laughs> reach out tower of london you should have the tower of london, or maybe the french government they might be like kind of down with that maybe. yeah maybe. i don't know oh dear they were like big fans of the, the guillotine back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the government is really, the current government is going to be a big fan. I don't really. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. fun. Though. I, <laughs> I <hadn't> thought about <laughs> my, my crazy camera adventures in, in a while like that. Um, yeah. That's a wild one. Uh, to, Beach's question, what is the best way to approach someone to work with on photos? Example, I have an idea but need subjects to capture a scene. I feel like my friends are all tired of me asking. <laughs> um, well, I mean, so there, there's some ways you could, I, there's like a site Model Mayhem or something. I've never used it, but like, um, I know some photographer friends have used it to find like models and stuff and like, you can find models on there that are looking um, for doing like trade basically, where it's like, you know, you give them photos in return for them giving you their time to take pictures. Um, so you could try something like that. There's a couple of Facebook groups um, for Ontario photographers um, where you can like connect with, with people. Um, so you can maybe try that as well too. Um, or if like there's like an Instagrammer who like you find interesting, maybe ask them like, you know, if they, like most uh, models on there will say like DM for rates or something like that. Or like you may be able to um, talk to them about like working on a collaboration. I think it doesn't hurt to like send a message. Like I've had people message me asking if, if I would like to you know work on projects with them. Um, and have like, you know, done the same, like, that's how photography chats happens. I just send people a message being like, yo, you want to sit with me on the internet and talk in front of strangers? <laughs> so, I mean, just give that a try or just keep harassing your friends. I don't, do you have any tips or tricks or comments, Julianne? Um, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking, I'm like, I'm really not, I'm not even sure. Um, I guess it depends on, like, what you're looking for, you know? I don't know. But also, because um, I, I believe you're in Ontario, um, 
we're still in a state of emergency. So um, stay home. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, now's not the time to be collaborating. Yeah. How's it been planning for a time in the hopefully not distant future when um, numbers stay consistently low enough that like we're um, raised out of this state of emergency we're in right now and get into like a lesser state of emergency? Um, so that would be nice one day. Yeah. Um, Victor says, back in the day, the last execution by guillotine in France was 1977. Holy shit. That's like Thank not you that Thank you for that fun fact. Yeah, mm. actually, I heard about, yeah. Did we talk about this, Victor? <laughs> Victor's one of my friends from uh, Swim Dancing. Okay. Um, uh, when, uh, trying to remember, because I looked this up. Um, like, why... He was guillotined. It was a it was a guy. Was it murder? It might have been murder. I think it was something pretty ugly. Um, yeah. Actually, wait. Was it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> I might be mixing something up with because I think I found something that was also like by electric chair. No, no guillotine. Anyway, yeah. It's creepy. Yeah, it would be, like, weird to see someone's head pop off. Depends on whose head, in my opinion. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah. But, yeah, it is still creepy. Actually, like, when I was, like, I was trying to find, like, the right, like, image that I wanted to use for, like, there, so I was, like, searching, like, guillotine images and if I was going to draw it or what. Um, and it's really kind of weird how many different like variations of like guillotine designs there are like there were some where they've got like a basket to like catch the head um some they have like so this is like the thing where like you lay body on and then it was like you know debating if like um you know they they go face down or face up um and some of them they don't have they don't have this platform here you know it's just freestanding so you gotta just kind of like sit there um, some of them have place for hands, like, you know, <laughs> all these fucking details. Some of them have straps to hold them down. Lots of different options for whatever kind of execution you want to have. Um, yeah, and after a while, I was just like, this is fucking creepy. You know what's <laughs> fucked up about that, though, is, like, there probably existed a guillotine salesman that would, like, travel the land with, like, a guillotine, like, sales brochure. <laughs> I it's have, like, how do you want to often to, out your guillotine? <laughs> I came across a song the other day. I can't remember the name of it. I might have to look it up, but it was kind of like, whatever. It had a lyric about a guillotine museum, and I just can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Johnny has a question here, which I think you would be a, a veritable um, wealth of knowledge to answer. Oh, so not a photo question, but what is Winnipeg like? The community, easy to make friends? There's a job opportunity, but the internet paints it as a less desirable part of Canada. Um, yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the short. That's the short answer. Um, I, I yeah. Uh, hmm, I mean, okay. Where do I begin, Merlin? <laughs> like, I just. I, I found Winnipeg a very difficult place to be for very many reasons. 
Um, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I've tried to check and see if it was because I was in like not a great place or if because I just needed like different friends or if it was because of like when I lived there and how old I was and what I wanted and whatever. Um, but I've been back a couple times and I'm pretty sure it's not just me. And I've connected with a lot of other people from Winnipeg who had very similar experiences and it's all very validating. So um, Winnipeg is basically like a giant small town. I'll try and summarize, summarize it in like the little um, bits of like general generalizations, safe generalizations I can make. Yeah, it's basically like a big small town. Um, like it's kind of, there's there's a lot of, things that kind of contribute to that. One of them is just like, it's kind of isolated. Like it's the largest, the next largest city like near Winnipeg is like Thunder Bay and Regina. So like if you're in Winnipeg, like that's kind of it. Um, big, big, a big contrast to like Toronto for me, like when I noticed here, it's like if there's anything I wanted to do, I had options. Um, available that I could choose from. So if I want to take, say, like, let's say, like, an animation workshop, like, I Google that, and, like, I've got, there's, like, a bunch of places I could do that. Um, or if I wanted to, like, take, um, like, swing dancing lessons, there's a couple of different, now it's a bit different, but, <laughs> you know, um, there were a couple places that I could choose from. Whereas in Winnipeg, if you like look any of that stuff up, there's like one place basically for each of those things. There's one place to do like, yeah, there's like one scene for everything, sort of. Um, and I found it very, I found it really hard to like come up as an artist there to like grow up and like I, in order to be like, I'm an artist, this is what I make, this is what I do. I feel good about it. I can talk about it. I feel like I have the permission to do it. Like it was, I had to leave Winnipeg to get all those, to get that, um, which I found in like, thank God. Um, not to say that I didn't have supportive friends. Like I had many supportive friends in Winnipeg, but there was a, like this really big kind of like overcast, like feeling of like, like when, when people see someone, especially if you're like a woman who seems like, you know, sure of herself. Um, like they, like people get, are really easily threatened by that. Um, or for, by anybody kind of like doing something a bit different or doing something that's not kind of like, um, you know, graduate, go to university or college, get, the, get a job, get your benefits, get married, have kids. Like there's kind of like that kind of like, you know, step-by-step -step program to make sure that you're on the right track. And if you deviate from that, it's just like, wow. It's either like, wow, I wish I could do that. That must be so nice for you. Or it's like, um, or, or it's a lot of like, be careful. Like there's all this, like these warnings. And so you've got that like going on in your head so that you're questioning yourself all the time. And it's really fucking toxic. Um, and uh, so I found that super, super difficult. Um, and if people like, you know, I sold some like little drawings and stuff at like the odd vendor or the odd little like fair as a vendor. And, um, like people would come up to me and just want to talk about like their daughter going to OCAD, you know, and there's a lot of like, like people will just want to name drop and be like, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Like, and it's just like, um, no, but so what? Like, is that important? 
you know, but it's this kind of like wanting to, yeah, it just happened all the fucking time. Um, and as an artist, like it's kind of your job to sort of live life a bit differently and to um, question the way that things are and make people uncomfortable. Um, and it's really easy to do that in Winnipeg, like really easy. Um, like you don't have to do much to make people feel like really uncomfortable and like threatened and competitive and whatever. In Toronto, I find like you got to work a little harder to freak people out or like to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah, it gets um, pretty weird here. Yeah, but it's like, it's okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, for ex like one thing that I just like, it just, I just like, it makes me think like, this can't be real. Like this can't be like, I must be making this up in my head, but like, no, I'm not like this fucking happens where it's like, you know, like if I get a little bit dressed up and I put on lipstick, it's like, it's like a whole thing, you know, <laughs> like people are just like, Oh, look at you. Oh, you're all dressed up. Oh, like, like someone's got to say something that's yeah. got to like, make you just like it's not about me it's about them you know like I know that but like if I wear lipstick here in Toronto people are like cool yeah whatever live your fucking life I don't give a fuck like nice lipstick whatever <laughs> you know yeah. um but that kind of like that something's a small action like that where you're like expressing yourself in an intentional way and maybe experimenting with like you know taking a little responsibility for like your appearance and like you know um whatever it's like a, a whole fucking thing um cat says here uh, no. uh, she says girl relatable for anyone from small cities fuck the patriarchy yeah. conformity rules in smaller places and yeah and exactly small and the thing is that the, the population is almost a million that's the thing that a lot of people yeah. that surprises a lot of people i think it's also shitty to like just outside of the mentality and stuff it's just a frustrating place to live like you need to have a car um unless you want to deal with transit which fucking sucks also if you want to do any of that in the winter time it fucking sucks um well, the summers are pretty nice which i didn't appreciate until after i came here but because i hate the, the summers the interesting too because like i remember looking at this website i don't know if it's still around but like there was like a website where people would like write stories about like the hellish things they would see on like the winnipeg transit and there's like a lot of fucked up shit that yeah. happens on on that thing yeah. but there's a, a rapper that i like from winnipeg pip skid um in an interview he called um the buses in winnipeg uh mobile insane asylums sure which yeah because there's not a lot of resources there's like, there's not a lot and like resources can look like a lot of different things, not just like, you know, stuff for mental health. It can just be like making people feel like they can wear some fucking lipstick without making a big fucking deal about it. You know, like, for example, like, um, yeah, like, so anyway, yeah, no fucking wonder. And people are miserable. Like people, people feel really stuck in their lives and people feel really, really resentful about that. And they resent people who choose to like do something about it generally, the re the generally, generally. Is, uh, pretty strong there too big time big fucking a lot of issues with indigenous people there like that's it's pretty fucked up it's like, atrocious the, yeah the, the time i've spent there like 
I haven't like not enjoyed visiting Winnipeg, but it's always because I know that like in a couple of hours I'm leaving. <laughs> it's different to visit than to leave. And um, yeah. yeah, that's one thing like that you bring up where it drives me really crazy sometimes like um, living in Toronto and talking to people who have never really left Toronto and talking about like Toronto as somehow, somehow like um, mm-hmm. uh, a good representation of like what the rest of Canada is like and it is God, no. Not. no it is no. not yeah no like um, it's as soon as you leave Toronto it gets like more and more racist the west not that it's some kind of like racism free paradise here like at all by any means no um, but it's so like I when when I had the opportunity to move out here um I wasn't sure about it and someone that I respect a lot he was like dude you just just do it he was like if you think Vancouver is a multicultural place, he's like, it's going to look like a fucking hick town after you spend a few months in Toronto. Mm. And he wasn't wrong. Like it's Vancouver does feel like a hick town now when, whenever I go mm. back after uh, spending time in Toronto, like it, there's definitely problems here and there's a lot of issues, but they're yeah. way more apparent when you go East or West from <laughs> from here like it it shows up really differently um and it's like i find in winnipeg it's a lot more like explicitly and it's kind of like a pick your poison kind of thing like do you want it more explicitly um expressed or like less so like it just it like all of its shit um but like um it's just it's really casual (laughs) like it just comes up in like fucking small talk and like it's and people justify like it's whatever it's gross if you're Um, going to move to winnipeg i feel like if you were going to move there for this job opportunity for like one year you could probably do it probably be okay but like (laughs) you got other options Liv asks an interesting question here and i'm curious like what your take is on it and I, i i'll give sort of my spin on it but uh what are the best cities in Canada for creatives? I'm not really sure. I haven't really lived in very many places in Canada, so I'm not sure if I'm that qualified to speak on it. Um, I've just lived in Winnipeg and Toronto. Um, I've lived in like a couple places in like Europe uh, and the UK, but like whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Toronto like seems good. Um, However, it's, like, fucking expensive, and, um, like, it's difficult. There's a lot of things that are difficult and make make it difficult. Like, the city is not, like, I don't know. In terms of, like, people are generally pretty open and curious about whatever people are doing. Like people are interested in meeting new people. There's people coming and going all the time, um, which I think is really cool. Say in Winnipeg, it's just like, it's kind of, it's, I remember once someone asked me if I was from Winnipeg, like for one of the first times in my life. And I was like probably 22 and I was just like, yeah. Like I, like, I was like, yeah, where else would I be from kind of thing? And then I was just, but you know, in the moment I was also like, oh yeah, that's a fair question actually, you know, 
but in Toronto, like, that's one of the first questions I ask people is like, so did you grow up here? Like all the time, you know, or like, where'd you move here from? If they mention like, you know, like it's not a given that you're just like from here. Anyway, there's a lot of like movement, which I think is really cool for just like people being, I think it contributes to people being open to like new stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I think people are interested in what artists have to say generally. So I find that good. Um, especially too when it's just like if you want to put on some kind of event I mean well I was going to say you have to like pull fucking teeth to get people in Winnipeg to like come out and do something um, Toronto's kind of similar but not like when there's also just like more variety well you know pre-COVID there was more variety options. yeah there's lots of yeah. options like I almost overwhelming sometimes that's why people choose to stay home <laughs> much going on yeah like i remember like you know 2019 was such a bit like you know 2019 28 there's always like so many different things going on and like you look in instagram stories like on a friday or something and there's like so many like different things and you're just like which one do i go to um like there there was a lot um i like rely heavily on my phone calendar yeah just to like make sure like yeah I, i think like living in Vancouver for a while before it died um, and spending time in Toronto, spending a little bit of time in in Montreal, um, the creative community in Toronto has done nothing but blow my mind. And like, I've heard a lot of creatives um, complain about it being like, oh, it's like dying here. But it's like my perspective is of being someone like fairly new here because I've only been in Toronto now for about three and a half years. Um, I find like even in its death throes as, as some people seem to think it is, it's still hella vibrant and is like really fucking yeah. cool. And like, you know, I don't think it's dead yet. Like it's still in, an, in a weird way, which still blows my mind. Toronto is expensive, but it's still in some ways more affordable than Vancouver is, um, which surprises the heck out of me. And there's more options for creatives in Toronto. I've heard lots of great things about Montreal and Montreal is like fairly cheap to live in and you don't necessarily need to know how to speak French there. Like it's Montreal itself, fairly uh, Anglophone centric or Anglophone friendly. It's like, if you go into like other parts of Quebec, then that could become kind of problematic. Um, But, you know, that being said about Vancouver, I think like COVID has been breathing a little bit of life back into Vancouver because people that left, because like what I noticed uh, happened to Vancouver over the last little bit is that as real estate prices were ballooning like crazy there and it was just becoming like less and less easy for creatives to afford to live there or even find spaces because like so many spaces got gentrified and turned into condos or like, you know, whatever, which is happening here too but not as quick as it's happening in Vancouver. Like gentrification in Vancouver is happening at such a faster pace than it is here. Hmm. Uh, But I think like with COVID, I've been hearing a lot of people migrating back West because like all the cool shit that's in Toronto is like, 
it's not really cool right now because like we're stuck at home and we can't also just like there's a lot of venues and places that are being forced to close and i think this like that's one thing that i'm like when we talk about grief and covid that's definitely one thing that i'm kind of like what's gonna be left like what's like these memories and these potential options of places where it's like oh i could hang my art there one day like kind of or like whatever it's like those places are going to be gone and i know there will be no there's always there's always going to be new places you know like it's like um you know these these places that have been around for 30 years were once new too you know like and once replaced something else so like i know that there's always going to be you know this resurgent like it's not really going to die but um but it is this sort of like um huge restructuring and it's kind of painful um but yeah that's something that kind of like scares me of just like what's going to be able what's going to financially survive any of this you know um which i think is like really sad and infuriating it is sad and infuriating for sure but I think, like, of the places where, um, like, regrowth will happen easier, and I guess more, like, more mm-hmm. rapidly, probably Toronto over, mm-hmm. over Vancouver, just because there's more right. access to things here and, like, more stuff is happening. Um, but, like, Vancouver is improving a little bit. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I got to, like, on this, la- like, I, I was in Vancouver and, late November, early December, helping a, a friend move out there. And um, I got to meet some cool creatives that, that are out there. And like, there's people that are coming back to Canada from like abroad as well too. And they're bringing like, you know, their experience and, yeah. and like knowledge back here. And yeah. um, hopefully that could help like breathe some life into like creative stuff. But like um, up until like this last trip to Vancouver, I felt like, any kind of creative stuff in Vancouver was like basically dead or just like super bougie rich bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. And it was kind of cool to just see like, you know, there's, there's like a a glimmer of hope that like, you know, the cool creative Vancouver that I remember from like the early two thousands could maybe be coming back. Yeah, like a bit of a revival because like people are coming back. Like that was the thing that was sad. Like when it became unaffordable to live in Vancouver, people just started leaving in droves. And so like there was no more like really cool creatives that gave like, you know, the heart and soul that like made Vancouver interesting. Like artists moved away, musicians moved away. And like, you know, that takes the culture away when that happens. And now you just like have this beautiful place that's devoid of interesting things. Yeah. And that was like what I loved about Toronto when I came here is like, whoa, this place is like fucking alive. Like there was just mm-hmm. so much stuff happening here. And like anything you wanted yeah. to experience, you could just go find it. And like, you know, t- uh, for someone that likes photography. And if you can't find it, you can make it happen. Exactly. And and like for photography, like there's so much to photograph here. Like, you know, I've driven all over the place and like I don't think I've even like captured like 5% of like what is out in Toronto in like the last, like, you know, almost four years. Like it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's wild. And then like Montreal, like is such a cool, cool place too. So like, I think there's that. And then I've heard like good things about the East coast. Cause like, it's cheap to live out there and there's some 
little pockets of like creative communities out there um, that are kind of like tight knit. Um, but if you can like do like remote work and like you promote yourself online, like, you know, the East is probably not a bad place because you can just go get yourself like a cheap studio and like, you know, live by the ocean and get inspired by shit and like, you know. Yeah. Stay away from people because COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yeah. yeah exactly. Photograph the landscapes. Get really into landscapes. Yeah. And, like still life. I don't really like still life. <laughs> <laughs> like, not how thrilled and engaged I am. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's like that's my hot take on on that question. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I mean, I think I'm running out of steam a little bit. <laughs> Me too. Well, we've we've covered uh-huh. so much ground and so like animatedly so and <laughs> so much enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah it's full like... moon. Oh shit! It is the full moon too. Yeah, full moon in Leo. Oh man. By the way, I gotta um, go out and look at it gotta go howl at the moon yeah <laughs> just for like a second yeah you know just just see how it feels well yeah. thank you for joining me um i know this is probably like Thanks a little bit different take uh of like what i usually have on the show but i i did that on purpose because like i don't want this to just be um something that's like you know just film photography stuff like I want to be able to maybe branch it out so that um people get like a different opinion and different take from like other places that could it sort of like bleed over into like photography stuff and just encourage people to think a little bit differently because like just I don't know in my personal life experience I've found that like I've gone out and experienced a lot of different things in a vast scope of different fields all over the place and Mm -hmm. all of the different things I've done have turned out to be wildly um, beneficial in the things I've decided to focus and specialize in because um, you know you're like oh yeah that thing I need that knowledge now learn that that's really well said yeah exactly yeah, so I appreciate you bringing a new fresh take onto the show and spending some time with me. And I appreciate everyone that's like spent all of this time with us tonight. And yeah, just... thanks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um... but thank you for thank you for having me on because I thought it was really like I I was like watching some of the episodes and like thought it was pretty interesting and um like. I always like hearing about people's like creative process or just like how, I don't know, just different things that they encounter with like their medium, even if I don't know what all of these like model names are, like what, like, I don't know, it's cool. Um, But yeah, when you invited me on or when you were like, hey, like, we'll have to, I'll have to have you on sometime. And I was like, sure, I could talk about art stuff. Like, I guess I'd be kind of, feel kind of out of place. And I'm like, oh, you can just talk about like, how you use your camera for stop motion. I was just like, I, I totally forgot I do that. Like, I didn't even think of that. So that I thought that was really, like, it was cool that you noticed that and noticed that, like, little kind of possibility there. So there's so that, and then there's, like, you. a little bit of overlap with the screen printing and stuff, too. And yeah. I think, like, 
it, it was great to have you on and talk about this stuff because like, you know, it could help because it's all creative. It's, it's all like something that, you know, we could maybe pull something that, you know, we learned tonight to apply into like, you know, photography practice or like, you know, whatever mediums you decide to choose to exercise yourself. And yeah. That. Plus you and I always have find lots of cool things to talk about. So yeah. I, yeah, I always have really a lot, lot of fun talking to you. And yeah. Uh, David said he had a good time and he loves us both. I love you too, David. You're good people. And Likewise. I know Julianne appreciates your, your photography. Yeah. And thank you, JP. Anyway. And thank you, Johnny, for your engagement and questions. You know, it was great to have all you and, you know, Kat for your support and hearts. <laughs> Appreciate that. And same with Nass. You know, thank you for all the support and hearts. And uh, next week, I'm going to have uh, Philip Steble, one of the co-owners and co-founders of the... Um, darkroom lab in san clemente california he's going to be joining me next week so that should be a fun and interesting episode so um yeah thank you again and um we'll talk soon and yep. um you know stay safe wear a mask wash your hands do all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. take care of yourself take care of your brain congratulations yeah. on your cool new glasses thank you <laughs> it's exciting it's a weird thing to be excited about. But I realize now that I have fat cheeks because they keep like butting up on that. But You mean great cheekbones? It'll help because I have a W nose, so like they won't go down too far because my cheek catches the glasses. So they're the perfect glasses well, for you. They positive test negative. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week and have a fantastic weekend. All right. See you later, Bye. Bye.